This is going to be a helpful one. It's a um, it's from a blogger. Uh, her name is Sue Ellen Browder, and it was printed um, in the National Catholic Registrar, a service of EWTN News. I want to make sure I put that out. Uh, the blog is from July 14th, 2020. Six things to keep in mind when, not if, the church's human element lets you down. Uh, this is something I think we all need to look into and hear because, let's face it, I know I've been reporting a lot of disappointing things about the bishop, it's, and it's enough to make a lot of people feel like giving up being Catholic. And and that's not what I want. I don't want anyone to stop being Catholic. Being Catholic is not about the bishops. Being Catholic is not about the Pope. Yes, I'm saying it. It's not about the Pope. Being Catholic is about all about Jesus Christ. Catholic means we belong to a universal church. That means the church is the same in all four corners of the earth. We are one people in Jesus Christ. We are baptized in Jesus Christ. We are saved in Jesus Christ. We are redeemed under the cross of Christ. The cross of Christ is not divided. There's no Protestant cross. There's no Catholic cross. There's no Orthodox cross. It's one cross. And I think sometimes we, need to for, we, we forget these things, but we need to remember them. So let's look into it. Um, Six things, six things to keep in mind when, not if, the church's human element lets you down. Look to the light shining out of the darkness, for Christ crushes evil under his heel and makes all things new. I know a devout Catholic so angry at her bishop for closing churches during the pandemic. She can't bring herself to go back to Mass. A friend of hers grumbles it's no wonder we have a Eucharistic crisis in America when so many bishops seem so willing to lock down our churches with barely a peep of protest. She thinks they should have kept the churches open and soothed COVID-terrified Americans by boldly proclaiming that Christ has defeated death and the Eucharist is the fountain of immortality. What can you say to people who feel the Catholic Church, already staggered by sex scandals, has let them down again during this pandemic? What if you also struggle with such painful thoughts? Recently, with my latest travel plans canceled due to the coronavirus, and while spending my newly acquired free time rearranging my bookshelves, I came upon a book by the late Franciscan father, Benedict Groeschel, filled with wise advice. Arise from darkness. What to do when life doesn't make sense provides a surprisingly prescient roadmap for Catholics going through deep, troubling times such as these. Here is an edit form. Here in edit form are six suggestions Father Benedict offered to help us. All deal with the pain of church failure and to find ways to move forward in peace and with love. Number one, calm down and define what you mean by the church. Most of the time when we talk about the church, we mean the Pope, cardinals, bishops, priests, others 
who have responsibility when we say the church has failed us, Father Benedict pointed out, we usually mean one or more of these flawed people, sinners all, have failed or deeply wounded us. When we are thinking clearly, we see that if church leaders fails us, it is not our divine Savior who fails us, he wrote. Keep this in mind, he continued, because otherwise you will get angry at God. I'm not going to church anymore. God let me down. God didn't let you down, Monsignor Stubnagel or Sister Mary Ophatius or Brother Grinch let you down. When you're angry at the church, ask yourself, am I overly dependent on church people? Has my reliance on them caused me not to rely enough on God and his son? The human side of the church can hurt everyone and break our hearts, and it frequently does. But the divine mystical body of Christ, established by Christ and handed on by the apostles under the guidance of the Holy Spirit, remains untouched and will go on forever. Now, what what the, what this passage here, number one, the calm down and define what you mean by the church, is actually true. Uh, they're very much true because, um, I mean, if you listen to Dr. Taylor Marshall, there is now what's called the Great Catholic Migration. Catholics are looking for conservative healthy, spiritually healthy communities. Now Catholics have more information in their hands. When I first converted a couple of years ago, uh, back in 1997, which is feels like ages now, I, I was shocked by the cold and indifference. I really thought I was going to be part of, uh, uh, you know, make a lot of friends, uh, um, you know, have really good good Catholic friends, uh, you know, good healthy communities, you know, prayer communities, go on field trips, pilgrimages. You know, I mean, I met friends, but, and I made some good friends, but at the same time, I, I was I was disappointed. I was really disappointed. Disappointed in the fact that it wasn't what I thought it was. You know, I mean, maybe... It was me, maybe it was my fault, I don't know. But I, as I learned, as I grew in, in my Catholic faith and my knowledge of Catholicism, I, you know, I began to, I, I understand now the problem. I didn't know the Catholic Church went through a big change. I didn't know, I didn't know that. And I didn't know that the changes were very damaging. I mean, some people might call it liberating. But honestly, I don't really think it is. I've gone through, I mean, I can go to places in New York and tell you, all right, about things. Okay, there was a, a church, I think our Redeemer Parish in uh, Park Avenue. It had a beautiful, beautiful murals, beautiful murals that Father Rutler worked on for years. And it, it's, it was probably, in my opinion, the most conservative parish. He would say the, the Novus Ordo Mass in Latin. Now he's no longer there anymore. He he's sent down to um, Hell's Kitchen, uh, Chelsea area, and his former parish, the the priest, the new pastor, took down the icons. Why? He didn't like them. He thought they were too conservative. A lot of parishioners were angry. The artists who worked on it were very angry. 
he took them down. This, and I think the parish was damaged more because a lot of people uh, felt betrayed. So you're going to see this a lot. You, you know, unfortunately, there are a lot of pastors uncomfortable with conservative Catholicism and uncomfortable with orthodoxy and uncomfortable with the trend of what's called the trads, the traditionalists. They're uncomfortable with it. They are trained to go forward. They want Catholicism to look more liberal and more social justice. It's easier to deal with social justice problems than to deal with the the spiritual, the 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 deeply spiritual orthodoxy because it call it, it actually calls for change inside and it deals with sin. They don't they're not comfortable with sin. We know this already. We've gone through several podcasts about it. They don't like to talk about sin. They don't want to deal with that. They want to deal with the easier part, which is the physical, material world. Poverty and injustice and social justice. These are the sins to the progressive. These are the mortal sins of the progressive. It, you know, racism, all these things. You've heard about it. You've seen it now. But dealing with your internal problem, dealing with sin, dealing with your spiritual the, the devil inside of you, that's something they can't deal with. They don't know how to deal with that. And so you're going to be disappointed. You're going to be, you're going to be deeply disappointed. Closing the parish was easier for them, right? Not because uh, it, it was easier for them to disappoint us, to ostracize us, to, um, to push us away than it is uh, dealing with, let's say, public criticism. they rather take the risk of losing you than, than going, uh, being in the public eye. And even though the pandemic is a serious thing, we don't know. There was a lot we didn't know about it. There was a lot of questions that weren't being asked. There was a lot of information that they didn't have about it. And so, in a sense, it was, you know, it was difficult. I mean, so they rather um, limp along the way than, uh, you know, you know, than deal with their parishioners. The Eucharist to them is not real. It's a symbol. I mean, come on. If you can have liturgical dance and if you can have clowns dancing around the altar, having barefooted girls dancing around the altar, having uh, a pagan ritual around the altar, then why would you, why would you take the Eucharist seriously? It's, you know, it's, it's like that. I'm sorry. So the best thing to do is um, you're going to have to um, join other Catholic groups outside of your parish. You're going to have to um, get your spiritual nourishment, I hate to say it, from the internet. You're going to have to uh, work harder to find friends, communities to deal with. But sadly, you're not going to find it within your parish. You could try within your parish, but let's face it, and, and I think people should have 
conservative communities within their parish. I think you should try harder. You should try to find people uh, with a book club, maybe reading classic literature, classic Catholic books, and then hopefully pray. Uh, One of the most important things, I think, is a rosary. You need a rosary community. You need to have a rosary community together. And you need to, I think, link up with other Catholic groups around New York or around wherever you live. And, you know, the greater the number, the greater the chance, the greater the number. Remember, it's it's a blessing if the numbers grow. But you need also to remember, let don't don't fight over ego. Don't fight over, you know, like who should be the leader. I think it should be a unanimous vote. I think it should be a unanimous community. Uh, find a charter. Make a charter for yourselves of what the community should be. <clears throat> you know, the way a religious community has charters, why can't lay, lay religious communities have charters? That way, you guys would know what your mission is and what that mission should be. I think that's important because that way, when you're together, you have one mind when you're when you're confronting your bishop, your pastor, and your bishop and pastor will know what he's facing that, that he's not that he's facing against a really strong spiritual wall. He may not really recognize it as a spiritual wall, but I definitely think he'll re- he'll realize that this is something serious. Let's go to the next uh, question. Question two. Realize this isn't the first time, well, it's not a question, but let's look at um, Article 2. Realize this isn't the first time and you're not alone. All right. On Holy Thursday, when Christ needed them most, the first priests of the church, all the apostles except for John, failed Jesus by running away. Not, no, not, not noting that the closer one is the church's the church, the far, uh, the more one is likely to be hurt by the church. Okay. Father Benedict suggests that probably the single person in the world most often hurt by the church is the Pope himself, for he's constantly under criticism from all sides. Staying within the church and suffering with Christ for his church hurts, but in the end, abandoning God will hurt a lot more. Well, I think... Uh, Father Benedict, I met Father Benedict once at my job, and um, yeah, he's he's a he was a great guy. He was funny, but he didn't live through through Pope Francis, so uh, maybe it's a good thing he didn't he didn't live through to see Pope Francis. Anyway, um, but even popes remember Peter denied him three times. Peter denied our Lord three times. The rest of the apostles abandoned him and ran. So you're going to have to realize something that sometimes people will, you know, yes, people will disappoint you. People will disappoint you and break your heart. And I think we have to, we have to remember that our Lord himself said, so you will all abandon me. So our Lord knows our nature our weakness, our failures before we even know them. So, like he said, this is not going to be the first time. It's not going to be the last time. All right, let's go to the next one. 
Uh, Article 3, be patient with priests and bishops. I suggest that you be patient with the leaders of the church because we are extremely difficult. We are in extremely difficult, confusing, and pagan times, Father Benedict wrote. Just like you and me, they were, uh, they were for the most part, not prepared for the times we live in. This COVID-19 pandemic blindsided church leaders as it did everyone else. With everyone else in the world caught up in scientific and social mayhem, this is not a good time for Catholics to start pointing fingers and blaming each other. Actually, no time is a good time for that. Yeah, um, she's being a little bit too charitable. I'm sorry. Um, she's being a little too charitable. Yes, uh, pointing and blaming finger, fingers, you know, blaming each other is not good. But let's face it, we've gone through the Song and Dance Act of the co sexual cover-up. And this particular pope is not helping. He pushes people away. He pushes people away a lot. Okay, Pope Francis did not take the message of Pope Benedict seriously. So that's it. It's over. We've crossed that bridge. That, pr that bridge is burned. And many of our bishops, our cardinals, our leaders have had the cover-up with the Theodore McCarrick. So I'm sorry. That bridge is burned. Okay, I will continue to pray for them. But I will. I no longer look to them anymore. They're they're not they're not no they're not good leaders, and a lot of them are spiritually, you know, just not capable. They're not adequate. You know, they're not put. They're not up for the job. I'm sorry. You know, as leaders, they've done the job. They've they've failed. They've been tried, weighed, and they failed. So, I'll respect them for their office, but that's about it. I look for leadership now. In, through the internet, through Catholics, through priests on the internet, through bishops on the internet. Vigano and Athanasius Schneider and Burke are the only ones who have proven themselves. But these these um, these particular leaders, these uh, what do you call superstar clergy, I don't pay attention to them anymore. So on this part, that's about it. All right, number four, make intelligent noise. Having heard many complaints about the church in his life, Father Benedict said half of them were silly or trivial or crazy. He recalled being severely criticized as a young priest in the 1960s for preaching in synagogues and Protestant churches with his archbishop's permission. When 20 years later, Pope St. John Paul II himself would preach in the great synagogue of Rome. If you're not if you're, if you're going to object to something like that out of order, you need to know how important it really is. Father Benedict wrote, if, you're, if you dissent or complain, do it wisely, charitably, and well, and make distinction between an abuse, and an exception, and a personal peeve, he added. There are huge dangers looming over the church now. What loyal Christian need, what Christians need is perspective. Those who complain about the music while the church is facing the hurricane that is breaking over, over us remind me of passengers playing shuffleboard on the deck of the Titanic. All right, I think I understand what he's saying there. I mean, I, uh, I think I do. Um, problem is, is that the times we're living in now is very different than what Father Benedict was going through. And Father Benedict Groeschel... Uh, and Pope John Paul, I mean, 
I mean, it's it's. I understand what he's saying. It makes sense, and you don't want to you don't want to sound ridiculous. You want to sound intelligent, and your argument should be intelligent. And I think it's it is it should be intelligent, and it should be approached in you know an intelligent manner. The problem is we were deprived of the sacrament. A lot of people died without holy communion. The bishop stopped priests from going to people and ministering to them. The I mean, the, the bishops, they stopped priests from ministering. A lot of people were betrayed. They died without the Blessed Sacrament. They died without last rites. And that's the problem here. And I think that's we need to focus on. And, you know, all the other stuff what he's talking about is true. At the moment, the bad music, at least they stopped singing. At least you don't have to listen to the bad music, right? Uh, you know, I mean, seriously, some of the music they play in the churches, I think it's, uh, you know, you know, it, it, you know, it's probably enough to make the devil cry himself. Anyway, let's go on to the next one. Five, consider moving. If you can't stand your parish, if the priest isn't teaching the, the authentic truth of the Catholic faith, Father Benedict suggests pick up and move. If you have a car, drive. If you don't have one, either get one or, or a bicycle or, or a horse or a hitch ride. With friends, move or buy bus uh, tokens. Go someplace else. As radical as this advice may seem, during my 17 years as a Catholic, I have actually moved twice. Once, 23 miles from one town to another in a northern California and one more than a thousand miles from California to Wyoming to celebrate beautiful liturgies served by good priests and I trust always to teach the truth was moving hard yes I am I sorry I did it not at least many people move long distances to be closer to their families why not move to be closer to God uh, yes, that's called, now they call it the great Catholic migration. And it may happen. It, it may happen. If it really, if you can do it, and it doesn't hurt you financially, if you can do it and your family will be all right, then why not do it? And at the same time, I think what people should do is make it possible for other Catholics to move. Make it possible to get, to, to bring people to the community. Why not? I mean, if if it's possible, like jobs, companies, whatever, whatever it is, schools, make it financially possible for other Catholics to make that sacrifice. And I think it should be done. Okay, so number six, focus on Christ, Christ's power to heal. Focus on Christ's power to heal. Wyoming Catholic College Byzantine Rite Chaplain, Father David, uh, Father David Anderson, who was a friend of Father Benedict Rochelle, recent, recently gave a homily in which he offered soothing words for these troubled times. Many people today seem to want to study and report how evil entered the church, and no doubt there is a value in that. But I prefer to contemplate and consider how the church has entered into evil and crushed, crushed its iron bars. Focus on the healing power of Christ, not on the destructive power of death. We get stuck in a rut when we focus on too much on on only the bad news. When the church lets you down, Father David added, look to the light shining out of darkness. For Christ crushes evil under his heel and makes all things new. 
So, yeah, I think that's also important. You got to um, focus on the positive things. Like I said, these things of making it possible for people to move, inviting other Catholics to make this to make this big leap, to go to Catholic communities and to good Catholic communities. Now, don't I, I'm serious. Don't go in getting involved with excommunicated Catholic communities. That's not good. Uh, focus on positive on those that are doing the mass correctly, has a good healthy school. Uh, a great a safe environment for you and your family where you you know you don't you know there's there's low crime things like that maybe we'll have maybe Catholics will have to set up gated communities that's possibly the only uh, true I mean you know it, it would probably work and also make it possible financially make it make it financially attractive for families make it fi make it financially attractive and inviting people don't I'm serious don't don't go, you know, sort of like ostracizing. I mean, you got to invite different cultures, different people of ethnic backgrounds. Uh, we're Catholic. We're universal. Not just people of European background because or else it will look like sort of like a, a segregated white European community. You don't want that. You got to remember it's Christ sent people to all the world. Make it possible for healthy Catholics people of different culture, Asian, African, Middle Eastern, Hispanic, you name it, make it into a, where it can be a success and the envy, envy of, of atheists, the envy of, of the nons, of the non-religious, where they will realize how much of a failure they are, you know, where, where their world without religion, without God, without Christ is empty and perverse. You know, you got, you know, make it, you know, make it where heaven itself is smiling. It's important that we do this, I think. I think we need something like this. Um, anyway, that's the end of this article. So um, glad I did it. If you want to look it up, check it out. Catholic Registrar, National Registrar. It's by, again, Sue Ellen Browder. Her last name is B-R-O-W-D-E-R. And it's July 14th, 2020. She's a blogger. I think this is something worth checking out. I think it's good. Um, you know, let's, uh, you know, let's, you know, let's focus on that. I think it's a great thing. Um, anyway, so look into it. I think it's worth it. And I think it's, uh, you know, something to check out. So uh, let's end it with a prayer in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. One more thing. Please subscribe and share. Tell your friends. Um, you know, I'm trying the best I can to make this interesting. I think we all need it. Um, you know, if I can do it, why not? Uh, I think it helps. Um, to talk about these things. So I'm going to try to do other things, uh, other articles. Maybe we'll go through the Vatican II articles. I think I've been thinking about that a lot lately. Uh, I'll read it and, um, you know, give my thoughts about it. So, and uh, if you can also uh, send in some messages, give me some suggestions. Um, you could do that through, through Anchor, 
Anchor has uh, sort of like a voicemail thing. And if you give me some suggestions of what I can do that you would like to hear or you would like to um, study, because, you know, that's what the Informed Catholic is all about, is about studying the faith. And, you know, it's not me knowing more than you. It's me growing in the faith along with you. Uh, studying the faith and growing with you and helping uh, helping both of us so we can learn better. So uh, if you have any suggestions, uh, you could uh, send it. Go on Anchor. Anchor has a suggestion place. And, you know, you could um, tell me what you want to hear. Tell me what you think I should improve. Tell me what you think I'm doing wrong. It helps. Uh, because, you know, and then letting Anchor know that you like the program and, uh, you know, give a thumbs up, subscribe and share, and it would help. But I would like to, um, you know, I want to improve more and I want to be able to help make this program a little bit more interesting and more uh, challenging. So I'll do the best I can, but uh, it helps if you subscribe, because the more you subscribe, the more Anchor would know, well, people like this. So they'll keep putting me you know, moving me up forward and it would help also a lot more with the numbers because now I'm heard in 22 countries, but I need to see the subscribers and that would help. You know, uh, doing this is not easy, by the way. It's hard. It's, you know, really, I, I really been thinking about the podcast for a long time before I started this because I really got interested in the idea that, wow, they can, you know, they can do this. And it was scary because... You know, I thought to myself, what if I'm only making myself look foolish by doing this? But um, I actually like doing it and I like sharing this with people. And one of the things, you know, what worried me was I'm not Taylor Marshall. I'm not Michael Voris. Uh, but it turns out that you don't have to be. You know, I'm just a regular lay person and, I, and I'm a convert and I'm still learning. And that's one of the things about it is I learn, you teach me. If, you know, you know, if you send me information, if you correct me, fine, I will correct myself in front of the whole world. I will, I will apologize like I just did with the liturgical cycle. I felt foolish about that because unfortunately during the lockdown, I lost track of the liturgical cycle. I looked uh, of the, of the calendar and I had to correct myself. It's out there. Can't do anything about it. So I corrected myself. So please uh, subscribe, share, and send me you know, uh, some of your opinions. I like to hear them. God bless, and we'll be together again soon. So let's say a prayer one more time. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Don't forget, there's also a YouTube channel. I know I haven't posted a new episode yet, uh, but um, I'm working on it. I'll probably have one before the end of this week. So God bless, and we'll be together again soon. Amen.